Hey guys, it's Bobby Marks, SBC's lead instructor. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Business Classroom Business of Basketball Immersive Experience in Las Vegas. Taking place July 14th through the 20th during the Las Vegas Summer League, the Business of Basketball program is an immersive training and educational experience for the basketball leaders of the future. If you dream of working in basketball and want to take your basketball experience, knowledge, and network to the next level, this program was designed for you. Majors include the league salary cap, scouting video and analytics, and media broadcast. This is an amazing opportunity to invest in your future and the chance for you to prove that you have what it takes to work in business of basketball. Listeners can take advantage of early bird pricing at sportsbusinessclassroom.com. That's sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Please note that space is limited and this program will sell out. So if you're interested in taking your basketball career to the next level, Head on over to sportsbusinessclassroom.com today. Today's episode is brought to you by Sports Business Classroom. Landing a job in the NBA is no easy feat. One surefire way to put yourself in front of a competitive talent pool is if you master the collective bargaining agreement. And now you can with a course developed by the godfather of the CBA himself, Larry Kuhn. Larry Kuhn has been teaching the CBA to teams, agents, media, and students for over 20 years, and now you can master the CBA through his online video on-demand course, which is now available to the public. If you're looking to break into basketball or even just set yourself apart, this is the competitive advantage you are looking for. To learn more about the video on-demand course that is being taken by teams and agents all over the world, please visit sportsbusinessclassroom.com today. Okay, what's up guys and welcome back to the NTC Podcast. I'm here with Aaron, ready to break down some really, really fun um, NBA, uh, kind of all these, uh, we're kind of heading into the playoffs now, but we're going to kind of break down a lot of these teams that maybe won't be making the playoffs. They've kind of already been eliminated, but they have some really interesting stuff coming up for them, uh, whether it's this year in free agency, um, with a lot of their signings, a lot of their salary cap situations are really, really flexible. And there's a lot of things that could be changing with some of them. So Aaron, really excited to jump right into this because we had, I mean, you had the great idea a couple episodes ago to talk about which of these teams you know, that are, you know maybe aren't making the plan are still fun to watch. A few of these teams are back here on this list because they're just going to be very important to keep an eye on for uh, this upcoming uh, offseason. I mean, you said it, John. Uh, previously, when we discussed some of these teams that we're going to go over again, as you mentioned, it was more about taking a look at certain players on the rosters that were worth keeping an eye on, like Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, guys of that caliber. Now it's taking more of like a bird's eye view um, to their futures. So now we're trying to look at where they where they stand today and how they kind of ride off into the sunset in the last week of the season here as we're recording this. So we're looking at uh, you know their pick situation as far as like where they might fall in the lottery, their cap situation, free agents, things like that. So now we're kind of going in a different direction, looking in the future. But excited for that because all of these teams are worth following for one reason or another. They've all had troublesome seasons. They didn't win a ton of games, but there are certain things in place for each of them that give them hope looking forward to next season and beyond. So excited to cover that for sure. Definitely. And to start off with one of these teams, one of them being the Wizards. Now, the big question mark with them right, going into this, into this offseason is can they keep Bradley Beal happy? Obviously, that's always been – he's been someone that's in trade talks or just in the rumors for, for kind of years now, I feel like. It's almost been like literally two or three years that it's been a question mark of is he going to resign? Is he going to stick around? Is he happy there? Can they build a team around him that can actually compete and make the playoffs? And this, you know, looking at their salary cap situation, um, like if you go on the NTC website, which obviously every, anyone listening to this show should be doing uh, routinely – uh, going and checking that out. There's a lot of colors on their on on their uh, on their salary cap sheet because there's a lot of guys that either have whether it's player options, team options, um, right? They might be restricted on uh, free agents this this uh, this coming off season. 
Um, they, the Wizards have a lot of flexibility and they have a lot of decisions to make this coming season. I'm curious which ones you think uh, might be the most important and impactful for them going forward in kind of seeing how this team, this nucleus can stick together for a little longer than some Wizards teams have in the past. Yep. The, the big strength for Washington this season was their depth. Now they got derailed because Bradley Beal, I think it was back in February, he got shut down. He had to have surgery on his finger, I believe. So that took away some of their top end talent, which forced guys like Kuzma and Porzingis post trade to kind of come in and make an impact for them. And that's not really their roles. They're not suited to be number one options. So that's where they struggled. And, you know, if we go back to earlier in the season, the first quarter, the first half of the season, I mean, Washington was doing very well. I mean, they were, they occupied the role that Boston and and Toronto, those teams now occupy that role of kind of exceeding expectations, uh, just really playing well because they had multiple bodies that can throw at teams every night. So it was KCP. It was Kuzma. It was, you know, guys like that. Good Daniel Gafford. You go down the roster. I mean, they're very balanced. It's a very balanced team, deep team. Uh, Montrez Harrell um, prior to the trade, um, you know, those teams, those guys meant a lot to that team. And um, it's unfortunate that that Beal went down because the team was actually very well off in terms of the depth. Now, looking forward to this coming offseason, the big question for them is how do they continue to tinker this roster around Beal to kind of keep him happy? Because Beal has a $36 million player option for next season. He can take it, uh, opt in, and give the Wizards another year to kind of see where things stand in terms of the roster. Or he can just say, I'm done with it. I'm just going to try my luck somewhere else and and uh, decline that option or maybe even decline it and then re-sign for a bigger deal, which for a player of his caliber is going to be exceedingly expensive. Uh, now, as we know with cap, uh, you know how things work with bird rights, he can re-sign with that team and there's no not really anything prohibiting that team from offering um, the absolute max because he is he the rights belong to Washington and he has nine years of service. So, I mean... He falls in that seven to nine range. He's not quite at 10 years. He would have to play another season. So he has different decisions. I mean, it's kind of hard to say what he's going to do. Does he opt in and then go back in free agency next year where he can get the absolute top tier max? Or does he just say, you know what? I'm going to opt out. I'm going to get my money now while I can because you never know what could happen. So that's kind of like what's interesting about his situation and then as you kind of alluded to earlier, there's other players. Ish Smith is not guaranteed for next season. KCP is not guaranteed, but I expect them to keep him around because 14 mil isn't that big of a deal for him. And then other guys, as you go down the roster, Thomas Bryant, uh, Neto, Anthony Gill, Sadoransky, um, you know, all those guys coming off the books. Uh, if it's you, John, and you have the option to either keep Thomas Bryant on this team, re-sign him, or go in a different direction – where do you go? Um, you know, Gafford does have a raise coming up, but for next season, he's only owed $1.9 million. They have a, They have some options, but it kind of seems like Thomas Bryant might be the odd man out after being a starter last season before he got hurt. What, what do you think about that situation? Yeah, Thomas Bryant, when he's playing, he's been really, really good for the Wizards. The issue is that that hasn't happened a lot ever uh really in his entire career with them and stuff obviously dealing with some really uh messy injuries and stuff uh, but when he's playing he's really good I, I i mean really looking at who the wizards get in free agency i can't remember the last time the wizards made a big splash in free agency or just right any sort of splash for a guy that could really just come in and, and be a legit starting uh, center on a team that right for them their goal is obviously to make the playoffs and be a little competitive 
I don't know who that would be for them uh, this summer. So I, I would feel like if you, if you obviously they don't, they know much more about this than we do. If they think that they can keep him healthy and that he can um, be the player that he's been when he's healthy, um, I, I see no issue with them resigning him because he's been someone right that he has shown when he's playing he's really good. Obviously, they want to see him with Porzingis more. How, how that, how that, how that fits. And what are the guys that have around him? But he's he's shown that when he's able to play, he's more than capable to be a really good starting big man for them. So I think uh, they they should be more than happy to keep him. And I'm sure right, Bradley, Bradley Beal would be, would be okay with that. Um, it's more so what are the pieces you put around that um that that kind of uh, mixture over there to see how the, how that all plays out. For sure, yeah, that's I'm pretty much on board with that. Looking at Brian's contract, I mean, coming off the books, it's not all that much. So, I mean, if they want to re-sign him, he's coming off an injury, so he probably won't be that expensive. They could probably get him for a, a mid-level or something like that. And, you know, they had a log jam in the front court, but since they shipped off Montrez, that's not really a problem anymore. So they really could just keep him on board as a backup center, which should be fine, um, or maybe have Gafford as the backup. They could go either way with that. But like you said, I mean, Washington – the center position hasn't been a real serious area area of strength for them recently. I mean, I think the last really good center they had was it was it Marcin Gortat? I mean, if unless I'm forgetting somebody, that's kind of like the last guy I think of. So, but another thing that's intriguing about the roster is like they have a lot of mid level contracts. So if you go look at it, you'll see KCP at uh, next season for 14, non guaranteed. Kuzma at 13, um, which I think is actually a bargain. If we're if we're talking about bargains in the NBA. Kuzma at just over the mid-level is not a bad contract at all. But what they could do is they can consolidate and then move those contracts for a star caliber guy. Not sure who they go for. That's kind of where things get tricky. But if they wanted to, they could kind of consolidate and they can go out and find like a higher tier player. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I mean, the, the, the clock is ticking. The pressure is on. How do you keep Beal around? That's the main question for them because if they lose Beal, they're really going to be back at square one. But if they keep him around at least for another year, you have Porzingis, you have KCP still. I mean, they have some guys that can play. Hachimura has been solid. So they're going to be a good team. They just won't be able to kind of break into the next tier of um, NBA um, rankings until they really go out there and get themselves another star, which it's easier said than done because those guys don't come around very often. Definitely. When thinking about maybe who, like, let's say they were to move on from him, who, and like you said, right, really make that big splash, make Bradley Beal really happy, and get him that second star, who that whoever that would look like. Uh, one of the teams we want to we're talking to talk about were the Portland Trailblazers and Nurkic. We don't know what might be happening with him and their situation, right? They've kind of been almost on a fire sale with a lot of their uh, recurring starters. So, what if some of that were to happen, where, where Washington was looking to do something there? Uh, DeAndre Aiden, another guy that. Right, obviously, him being a very good player and obviously way younger, and that would be a huge thing for the Wizards. But he's someone that his situation in in, in Phoenix has been really a, a big question mark for the last year, with them not wanting to resign him earlier, and him obviously being very upset about that. What I mean, if the Wizards really wanted to 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 make a statement that hey, we're really serious about being competitive, those are just two options that I'm looking at, thinking that you know what, those aren't too unrealistic for them uh, to really maneuver the salary cap and make those possible. So you're saying um, Damian Lillard could be an option for them if they really wanted to make a splash on that team. I would say more Nurkic. I would say more Nurkic as, as that. Oh, if, if Thomas Bryant yeah. wanted to work out for them, um, maybe you know getting him in in that action. Um, might if like if 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 it's not you know if the way if Portland keeps their trend of you know really showing that they're going to really revamp their team, Nurkic looks like he's kind of going to stick stick around for that. But if he's not, um, I don't see why Washington wouldn't be a, a solid home for him, depending on what they do with Thomas Bryant. Yeah, I mean that's definitely an interesting option for them. Um, Nurkic, uh, a free agent to be here, uh, summer of twenty two. Uh, shouldn't be too too expensive. I mean, you you, get, you really kind of have to 
you can't be too picky when you're looking at free agents here because I mean it's not a deep class this year because more and more we're seeing these guys get locked up in advance. There's not a lot of stars or even tier two or three guys that hit free agency anymore. So you really have to trade for these guys in this day and age, uh, unless you're talking about like a normal starting level guy, which is Nurkic. You know, he's not an all-star. He's not a complete difference maker by himself. But if they did want to go in a different direction, they wanted to try somebody else. He's definitely someone they could look at, um, you know, solid playmaker, solid passer from the position. Um, you know, he, he has some offensive skills. He brings to the table a little bit of a jump shot. Uh, which is a different look from some of their other bigs. So I do like that. He just might not be necessary for them with the uh, two bigs they do have at their disposal. Uh, you know, I, I got to thinking of Damian Lillard because, you know, you were talking about Blazers and like that's the first thing that popped into my head. You know, I think about that and I'm sure, you know, he might not even ask for a trade because he's loyal and that's who Damian Lillard is. But imagine that pairing for a second, Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal on the Wizards would be absolutely incredible. And I mean, they the, the Wizards have the contracts to make it happen. I mean, they have a bunch of guys in that mid-tier. And uh, as far as I know, they have some picks to offer. So, I mean, if the Blazers really had to move Dame and Dame said, I'm cool with Washington, that would be an exciting pairing. I would love to see them in action. They'd be instantly one of the best backcourts in basketball. No question. They're putting two guys. I mean, the spacing would be incredible. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, those are two guys that have always been on teams that really couldn't get over the hump, and seeing them come together might really be the difference maker for them. Um, and we were talking a little bit about, right, you mentioned kind of Portland, that end of the of an era for them. Looking at their cap, if they weren't to go in that direction, I'm trying to think what other way, I mean, if to, to really, I mean, shipping out Lillard would obviously be a big monumental case, but if they kept him, there's still a few other moves they can make. I mean, you have guys, a lot of guys are non-guarantees, like Eric Bledsoe, Josh Hart, uh, obviously those, uh, Josh Hart being a key piece of one of the trades they, uh, they just made. Uh, but other guys, right, that are still, uh, could be um, restricted free agents, like uh, like a, like a, an Anthony Simons, who many would say. I mean, you've probably seen the videos of him like really doing moves and looking just like Damian Lillard, like the splitting image almost. So, I mean, what if, if they were to get rid of some of those guys or to position them? I, mean, I, I feel like most of those guys they resign. Uh, Joe Ingles being another guy that right is set up for um, the range. We, we already mentioned uh, Nurkic. Uh, Ingles, everyone's kind of thinking he's going to go back to the Jazz. But other than that, there's still a lot of guys that could move around or that could stay put, and the Blazers would still have cap space to to really become. Uh, to make some uh, other moves that would make them a whole different team next year, maybe one that can actually make the playoffs and be a little competitive. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a look at their cap sheet right now, John, and I mean this is their their cap cap situation is very interesting because not only do they have non guaranteed contracts like you mentioned, they have a lot of guys going into free agency. We just talked about Nurkic. Joe Ingles is pretty much gone. I mean, he was just he was he was trade bait essentially. Uh, you know, Simons. Macklemore, you go down the roster. I mean, they have seven guys going into some sort of free agency, either restricted or unrestricted, with another two guys that's non guaranteed. So you go down to the cap sheet here on notradeclause.com. Um, shameless plug. You guys need to check that out. <laughs> um, but I mean, they only have 62 million in guaranteed contracts. So if they wanted to, they could renounce the rights of just about everybody there except for Simons maybe keep Josh Hart. Uh, I mean, they can really open up some space. Now, the problem with that is they're not a free agent destination, so what would they do with that space? One option that was made clear to me from reading uh, Danny LaRue's, one of Danny LaRue's articles on The Athletic, he was talking about the Grizzlies. One thing you can do with cap space is you could do an imbalanced trade, which means you can you can trade, have outgoing salary, and then bring in more incoming salary so that, 
um, you can accommodate some bloated contract that another team has. You, you take that in in exchange for maybe a player that you want or picks that you want. So that's something that they can do with the cap space. You don't have to only use it for free agents. Like, I'm going to go sign, insert superstar here, like the Knicks. You know, we're going to sign KD. You know, we're going to sign Kyrie. Uh, sorry to bring the Knicks into this, man. I know <laughs> that's the sore spot right now. Uh, it, it sucks that they have to be the kind of the, the example here. But um, all that to say, they, they have so many options on this roster. So even if they do keep Damian Lillard in his $42 million contract on the books, they can pivot in a different direction. They can retool this roster. I've heard people around that circle say they're not going to tear down the team. They're going to retool the team. That's why they made the Norman Powell trade. That's why they made the Robin Coving- Robert Covington trade. Not to go into the cellar and start tanking, but to kind of you know reset and then kind of see where they're at. So like it's it's going to be tough because there aren't a lot of guys that are available. Um, the free agent class, like we mentioned earlier, is not all that great but at least they have some money available to them. So if something did happen, someone wanted to play with Dame so bad, they had to make it happen, the Blazers can accommodate. So that is very interesting for sure. And, I mean, we can't talk about their future without talking about their pick situation. Uh, According to Basketball Reference, they have an 87% chance of landing in the sixth pick, uh, a 5% chance of uh, going up to the fifth pick. As of today, now the standings just still change with a week left, but... That's as of today. So what do you think about their future, John? Are you optimistic about what they can do here uh, moving forward? Or do you think all this cap space and all these possibilities are going to be for nothing and they're just going to have another blown year of, of Damian Lillard's prime? Whenever it comes to a te- uh, discussing a team, like, you know, do, do they know who they are? The Blazers, obviously, whether they know who they are, or they think they know who they are, they're, they're going all in and making a, a set decision on this is who we think we are. This is what we're going to do about our situation. Um, and they, they, they're, they're set in stone on that. They're not second guessing themselves. They're not you know, some teams who think that they're better than they are. They know, OK, we're going to ch- we, we're going to rebuild our roster. We're going to change things up. We're going to give ourselves flexibility. And that's what they've been doing for the last year now. So they, they know what they're trying to do in there and they're going towards that. So I'm never I'm never I'm not going to say that it would be for nothing because there's obviously a goal in mind now. If it comes out you know, being, being successful for them and they actually the picks actually translate and they they, they, they pick properly um, or they're actually able to use the money to, towards guys that live up to their contracts that's a whole different story uh, but they're, they're, they're obviously putting the process in place uh, for, and it's been the same for long enough to where they'll 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 get a good shot at making this work uh, whether or not it works or not is obviously up to the basketball gods and and a lot of other factors uh, but so far that the end the end of one era in Portland that really was peaked with that one trip to the, to the Western Conference Finals, uh, you know. Th- but that might be a closed chapter in their book. But whatever they, whatever the chapters coming next, uh, they, 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 their eyes are set on that. They're not looking in the rearview mirror. They're set on um, looking forward, and that's that's a pretty good thing. What, whatever happens with these picks or with some of these upcoming decisions that they make, uh, they're 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 going in in the right direction, um, most likely in, in seeing uh, how they can be different from the way the ways they've been in the past. Yeah, I mean the the, the ways they've been in the past were not too shabby. Uh, they had pretty much 10 straight seasons of playoff appearances going back to 2012. I mean, could we just reminisce for a second on how cool of a run that was and all they were able to accomplish in that Dame CJ era? Like they didn't win a championship, you know, they, they didn't win 60 games, you know, they didn't do anything really insane, but I mean, they were just so solid for so long. And there's something to be said about that. If you can continuously field really solid teams year after year compete, that's not easy to do. Uh, it's hard to win in the NBA, and it's even harder to do it consistently over an extended period. So, CJ McCollum is off, off um, doing his own thing in, in, in the Pelicans, and 
they're kind of vying for a playing spot right now. But that was such a fun pairing. Damon CJ, I will miss those days. And uh, you know, I really hope for the best for 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 Damian Lillard because he's stuck his neck out for this team multiple times. He's he, there's so many years he could ask for a trade. He could have said, I'm I'm out, I'm done. But he's 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 sticking it out. He's really kind of giving the team the the best of his career, maybe his entire career, who knows? And uh, I think he deserves at least one more decent chance to, to have a good solid roster around him. So hopefully the new management in Portland can make that happen and then get back to the playoffs. Uh, if they get a solid pick, if they get a top five pick here in this draft, I mean, that's, that's intriguing as well. And it gives them some insurance just in case Dame says peace and wants to explore greener pastures, but we'll, we'll deal with that at the time comes, but um, nevertheless, really great air for Portland and, uh, this next era should be exciting as well, with or without Dame Dollar. Definitely, there's a couple other teams that are that are right going into a completely new era, and they've been whether it's you know getting the first pick in the last two in the last draft and probably this draft. Uh, the Pistons are one of the teams that you're actually super super. You're a big proponent of them on on league pass. You're obviously you're, you're notorious for being a league pass fanatic. I would say or league or just really a, a big a big. You, you use your subscription wisely. I would say I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, but you're really on watching a lot of basketball there, and you've been watching a, a team. That's at the bottom of the standings. And I want to know why, because obviously maybe their cap situation is interesting. They're young, they're fun. But what really makes that team something that you're, you're actually really uh, starting to pay attention to? Listen, I know, I know what the, the public are thinking right now. The Pistons, man, really, you know, there's so many other teams you can watch. You can watch the Celtics. You can watch the, the Raptors, you know, all these other teams that are doing great things right now. But, I mean, the Pistons are doing great things too. I mean, they deserve a little bit of credit, a little bit of hype. They've had some solid wins over the past few weeks. And there's one player in particular that we talked about before we went on the air that's turned his career around. Marvin Bagley III deserves a lot of credit. And you had some numbers before we went on this episode, multiple 20-point games over the past 10 games or so. Uh, he's revitalized his career. He's rejuvenated himself. He's rejuvenated the 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 Pistons roster because you go up looking up and down this roster – they have a lot of, they have a lot of. I'm I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. I don't want to sound disrespectful. Uh, finesse players or, or you know, guys with a lot of skill, but not not a lot of like energy and I don't know. I don't a, know. A lot of Bo Estes NBA top ten candidates, but yeah, but that's that's the end of the line. That's that's a good way to put it. But I mean, Marvin Bagley is a different type of energy. I mean, he's going to catch crazy lobs. You're going to throw it up to where it looks like it's going to go out of bounds. He's going to finish it. You know, he's going to come out of nowhere for uh, a putback, you know, a ball coming off the rim for an offensive rebound. Uh, He's going to make a a crazy block out of nowhere. He's going to come from the weak side and send something into the fifth row. That's the kind of energy. That's the kind of spontaneous, um, you know, revelation that the Pistons need. And I think it's really done wonders for him. Now with Jeremy Grant being on the shelf, Bagley has stepped into the void, really does some great things for him. Killian Hayes is starting to figure it out. I mean, he had a really rough start to his career, but he started to kind of lean into his calling as a, as a shifty, crafty guard. Not a ton of athleticism, but he's figuring out how to make the right reads, game in and game out, make good decisions, be a solid team player. Sadiq Bay, man, he's he, he joined the 50-point club last month. I mean, that's no small feat. I mean, and he's, I mean, a guy that's on a, you know, he's on a $2.8 million rookie deal. He dropped 50. I mean, that's pretty good ROI right there. That return on investment is very solid. So 
my big reason for watching the Pistons, I just wanted to see if there were signs of growth there. And I think that's abundantly clear that there are currently. So I think Jeremy Grant, they can they can keep him around. They can ship him off. I think next year they, they really try to trade him. Uh, a $20 million expiring contract for a really solid starting four. I think it's a very enticing contract. And uh, Kelly Olenek is another trade piece that they could kind of make a move um, with. And, uh, I mean, they're in the mix for another top pick. Uh, just looking at their percentages right now, I mean, they could get the third pick, fourth pick, fifth pick. Uh, all those are pretty likely at this point. Maybe even a little higher, depending on how the last few games go. So exciting times in the Motor City, man. Uh, and all you guys that are riding off the Pistons saying that, you know, they're an illegitimate league pass team, just just give them a chance. Give them a chance. I mean, they – uh, they beat a pretty nice team the other day. Yeah, I mean, Detroit had a very solid win against the Sixers as well not too long ago. So obviously, something's going right in Detroit. They're gaining traction. Uh, the picks are working out. Cade Cunningham is looking like a real stud. Uh, a choppy beginning, but I mean, that's to be expected. He missed the, the first few games. And I mean, it's the beginning of his career. So I mean, there was somewhere he had to start from. But he's worked his way up every month, every week. You look at the numbers, it get better and better. Uh, so I think he's going to live up to the billing as a number one pick, and he's going to have a great career. So across the roster, I mean, they have they have energy, they have grit, they fight. I mean, they don't lay down. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring up the Lakers for a second since you know I brought up the Knicks. I think it's only fair to bring up the Lakers. They they fight, man. I mean, I honestly at this point I enjoy watching the Pistons more than the Lakers. I mean, imagine saying that back in like November. That seems like blasphemy, but it's true. That's just how I feel. So. You have any kind of closing thoughts on on the Pistons here at all? I don't. I'm, I don't know if you watched them at all here recently. Definitely feel you on on that. One. I could definitely, and I haven't seen them too much recently, but I could definitely see how a team with the makeup you just described could be fun to watch, despite right maybe not having the glitz and the glam of the Lakers. It's still right. I mean, if you're real, if you're a real basketball enthusiast, uh, you'll find a way to to watch them and say, you know what, this team has some pieces that I actually like. They actually run some good stuff. They actually are pretty interesting to watch. And we're talk, obviously talking about league pass. Luckily, you know, pretty uh, luckily we're entering playoff season, so we won't even need league pass in a little bit because of obviously all the good. Uh, national televised uh, fire playoff games about to see all kind of nothing overlapping all kind of happening at different points of the day kind of those those beautiful first round matchups where you have games starting at noon here on the east coast so some great stuff like that coming up um and until then want to make sure everyone takes advantage i know, I know the early bird um pricing just passed uh, but the business of basketball is coming up really really soon at sports uh, right in, in vegas we'll both be there um right working at nba summer league and you see it below down below in the ticker if you're on video if you're not we'll have it in the description and obviously uh we obviously it's all over our ntc's website uh the business of basketball immersive experience it's gonna be a, a re, it's gonna be can't miss this year in vegas and you may have just missed the early bird uh pricing uh window but there's still so much so many reasons to, uh, to, to do it that we've obviously reiterated multiple times on the show i'm mean, really encourage all of you to check it out 100%. I mean, I echo what John is saying about the the business of basketball experience. We took part, uh, you know, in, in the past. And, you know, this is a chance to take part in Vegas. I mean, what better way to kind of get your foot in the door of the NBA world than to kind of get a front row seat, so to speak, to some of the best action in the world. I mean, it's a family reunion of some of the biggest minds in basketball. So that's something you can't pass up. If you have, you have the opportunity, definitely check it out. You have the link down here below if you're watching this on YouTube sportsbusinessclassroom.com go check them out get involved you won't regret it promise we're living witnesses so definitely get involved guys you won't regret it
This episode is brought to you by the Sports Business Classroom Business of Basketball Immersive Experience in Las Vegas. Taking place July 14th through the 20th during the Las Vegas Summer League, the Business of Basketball program is an immersive training and educational experience for the basketball leaders of the future. If you dream of working in basketball and want to take your basketball experience, knowledge, and network to the next level, this program was designed for you. Majors include the league salary cap, scouting video and analytics, and media broadcast. This is an amazing opportunity to invest in your future and the chance for you to prove that you have what it takes in the business of basketball. Listeners can take advantage of early bird pricing at sportsbusinessclassroom.com. That's sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Please note that space is limited and this program will sell out. So if you're interested in taking your basketball career to the next level, head on over to sportsbusinessclassroom.com today.